that beat. Ah, that. That's how we're gonna start the show. I'm Pablo Morales Martinez. And I'm Ernesto Mancibo. And together we are Robots vs. Taxes. Taxes on Radio Free Brooklyn. That's goddamn right. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Yeah. Um, so, yes, to kick off the show, uh, of course, I'd like to thank our illustrious lead-in show, Objection to the Rule. And, um, you know, before we get into, like, the gooey greatness of our pop culture love mm-hmm. that is uh of course we're gonna talk game of thrones we're gonna try to touch up on the joker trailer which we didn't talk about last week right um we're gonna talk about oh my god the star wars the episode nine trailer oh my god how can we not we'll yeah. do our best to not let that dominate the entire podcast yes but- we also saw Shazam. No promises. Oh, yes. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. <laughs> we almost forgot. We want to talk about that, too. Yeah. So, a lot of cool shit. A lot of cool shit. But first, but voiced. We got to talk about, um, I don't know. What do we want to, what are we, what evils, what fresh hells await us? Well, um, who, I can't even remember her name. Who was it that stepped down this week? The lady, oh, Christian Nielsen. Christian Nielsen, uh, who was in charge of separating uh, children from their families at the border. Yeah, head um, of the Department of Homeland Security. Had to step down because she was uh, she was not considered by this administration tough enough. No. Think about that for a second. I mean, we had children literally tra- traumatized, traumatized <laughs> oh. as well as traumatized. Right. <laughs> Uh, you, you, did there. you can pick up the RVT thesaurus uh, <laughs> at your local bookstore. Uh, we don't guarantee that any of these words will be accepted on any sort of English exam. But, no. um, so in charge of all this horrible stuff and traumatizing children. Not only traumatized, but those there's some caged like some of these kids that have been locked up in cages died there. Two. Yeah. Yeah. Two that we know of. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I'm sorry. Continue. No, no, absolutely. You're absolutely yeah. right. It's a, and um, they haven't even reunited all of these kids with their parents yet. There's still some that are just in the system. Um, so it's it's a really horrible situation. And even after all that, she was not considered tough enough for this administration. It's about the cruelty for them. It's yeah. absolutely about the cruelty. Uh, it, they also like I I read in. Um in Reuters that it was going to take up to like the administration came out with a statement saying that it's going to take up to two years to, to actually try to reunite uh, the families with, uh, with the children that Mm -hmm. have been taken away. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it's just more fucking bullshit. Mm -hmm. It's just this fucking evil, evil guard, vicious garbage. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, you know, the thing that uh, Kristen Nielsen, that the whole thing about like that that really kind of like makes me kind of morbidly fascinated with Kristen Nielsen, 
was that uh, there are sources that say that the reason why, like, not only was she not tough enough, but she, the reason why the administration is supposed, is rumored to have said that, is because she kept telling Donald Trump that the, um, the methods that he was trying to push on her to enact as the chief of the Department of Homeland Security. We're just straight up yeah, illegal. Yeah, we're just straight up illegal, which is not the first time we've heard this either. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that, uh, was it Rex Tillerson that was also saying, one of the one of his generals, the, the more mature one mm-hmm. in the room was also saying like, you can't, you can't do this. Yeah. What you're doing is, is it would be illegal. Mm-hmm. So now, uh, our illustrious occupier in chief uh, is has um, placed Stephen Miller as um, the acting head of the Department of Homeland Security. So uh, it's like, oh yeah, a guy with a noted history of racism, uh, coast like confirmed by his own family members <laughs> yeah saying like oh no this guy's a fucking no, racist. Yeah, he's, he's, a fucking he's, racist. he's been he's been on this shit since like junior high school high school like yeah. he's he, this is what he's about and he looks it that's the yeah. that's the thing i can't get over it's like <laughs> he does look, he looks fucking evil <laughs> it's like <laughs> you think the separation between fiction and real life you know people try to put on these subtle masks a smile maybe to try to like hide it no he's just this guy's like straight out of uh like comic books exactly we yeah. need to get uh, <laughs> what's his name fermented the dragon man you are straight out of a comic book oh fuck it no that's not show enough is it show enough no, no it's um it's not jim kelly is it i think it's jim kelly yeah yeah so <laughs> dude is fucking evil and it, if if he if he has his way, we are in for um, some real civil unrest because he's going to try some horrific horrific shit, trying to put some policy that not only affects uh, people looking for asylum, but it's going to bleed over into the actual citizenry of this country. I mean, it's bad enough that people in certain states have to walk around with their papers. Uh, just to prove their citizenship in case any law enforcement official um, asks about it out of the blue. Um, this is something that he's going to try to like spread to the rest of the country and worse. We're we're approaching that level of uh, racism from the administration. It's like, I honestly believe that before um, this first term is out for uh, this president, him or somebody within administ- his administration will just straight out start using racial slurs like nothing not even anything that can be reinterpreted i think they'll just straight out um just start dropping n bombs and c bombs and all that sort of well, stuff well it, it wouldn't surprise me if if you oh, know oh it's happened behind closed doors don't yeah, get me wrong of course <laughs> if our occupier in chief has said it um, I mean, he came out pretty recently this past week, um, which uh, to all of our listeners on uh, this crisp Monday morning, it'll have been almost a week, a li- maybe a little more since Donald Trump went on record talking about, you know, um, addressing the situation at the border. And he was saying he was telling the press 
that he well he was likening uh, uh, the people crossing the border to UFC fighters, which I was just like, okay, someone smoked crack this morning. Yeah. Um, and then uh, and then he said these aren't people these are animals mm-hmm. and which is not the first time he said that no it's like, this is this is the second time i've heard him say it in yeah. front of the press absolutely um and i you know it i kind of i i have kind of like been very i'm not saying like i'm i i don't give a shit that people compare donald trump to hitler Right. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, because Hitler, you know, he he enacted the final solution and uh, he created the uh, he he was create he was responsible for the creation of the SS and, and mm-hmm. all these horrible atrocities. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donald Trump, to me, hasn't gotten there yet. To me, he represents something. um I don't want to use this phrase because that is suggests that Adolf Hitler was smart. And I don't want to say that anything uh, applauding Hitler. Sure. Um, Otherwise, you'd be in the same league as uh, Candace Owens. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll get to that. Yeah, yes. We'll get to that. Um, but uh, it's uh, holy shit. You just fucking <laughs> knocked me, ru- knocked my fucking socks off. All right. Okay. So it, it's just that to me, he represents kind of a simplistic, uh, almost, um, you know, s- like a simplistic bully mm-hmm. version of like a, a schoolyard bully version of Hitler. Yep. Uh, which is, you know, he hasn't created like uh, uh, the kind of atrocities yet on the, on like the Holocaust scale, but it's the, the rhetoric that's coming out of this administration, the rhetoric, the rhetoric keeps pushing this notion of violence. Well, I mean, Donald Trump has no political savvy and doesn't know how to negotiate that kind of room. You can tell that he is a um, he is the boss of an organization, his organization, who delegates everything and just works off of that. He's just like, I'm the one with the power to fire you, uh, no matter that, if unless you do exactly what I say. And though political leaders uh, can uh, have some of that power, it's not quite as simple and cut and dry as do what I say or you're fired because, you know, we have certain things like the law uh, that everybody has to adhere to and everything has to be above board, Uh, especially since somebody like the president is looked at so much closely than um, than a business head. So he's not used to that and he's never going to get used to that because he just doesn't have... uh, he just doesn't have that level of sophistication. And he's proven that over and over and over again. He has a whole bunch of lackeys who are more than happy to try um, to enact the, the policies or the ideas that he's putting out there because they're all jockeying for a position of power within the administration and then trying to set themselves up for whatever 
future may come uh, with the right wing, yeah. which is not a very bright one. Um, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Like, whatever happens in this next election, election for 2020, whether um, I'm crossing my fingers and I really don't believe that he will, but uh, whether Donald Trump does or does not get another term, um, the right wing has... He can't get another term. I, that's what I'm saying. But, like, we we sort of like rested on our heels last time i don't believe that that's what's going to happen this time yes there's a little infighting going on right now but when it comes down to it we all know that we don't want this guy so so i think we'll pull it out in the clutch however um the right wing has sort of set the die for themselves they now know that in order to rile up the base and the people that support them they have to follow suit with what has come before. They, anybody that they try to present who is just, just right of center, who's who's closer to moderate than an extremist, which is which seems to catch the attention of the right wing these days, um, is what they're going to have to put in place in order to attract voters in their base, and that's a, that's a very scary thing because. Now we have we're going to have people who are going to want to mimic Donald Trump and then we'll eventually have somebody rise on that side who is worse, if that's even imaginable. They're so like I, I, I the the mental gymnastics that go behind um, the right wing, mm -hmm. right, with Fox News and their ilk, yeah. um, with Breitbart and uh, yeah. Breitbart and Steve Ban the Steve Bannons of the world, mm. like they're so afraid of any hint of left wing extremism. But right wing extremism is all that they give a shit about, mm -hmm. um, because you know they're they're uh, you know we see right wing extremism <coughs> in we see right wing extremism in in the fact that uh, you know Texas is thinking about implementing the death penalty on women who are trying to seek abortions like and Ohio just I think they just passed a law mm -hmm. uh, saying that abortions are now banned mm -hmm. in the state of Ohio it's like they're it they're teasing this this bright wing crackdown on and policing not only women but also uh cracking down on immigration um they're it, trying to build uh, build up ice mm -hmm. you know um and all we hear from the right wing it from the right is that oh beware beware the, the democratic socialists mm -hmm. beware left-wing extremism they're coming for your children it's like motherfuckers. They want to like, give you Medicare. Yeah, motherfuckers. You guys are like, you you care so little about the right to life that you're willing to kill women for trying to choose what to do with their bodies. What they're what they're ultimately trying to do. I mean, it's it gets clearer and clearer by the day. They are trying to uh, increase the birth rate of the hegemonic majority of this country. Because it's in decline, and every study shows that in a, sh in a few short decades, white people will not be the majority in this country anymore. This is all 
It's it's because this, they feel the power shifting. They're feeling the power shifting, and this is all an attempt to try to stem that coming tide. Um, and it's frightening because it's like it's like some offshoot version of eugenics, where they're trying to force a population to keep on producing children in order to shore up the power base but they're not saying it outright they're not saying they're of being course. really subtle about it of course not i mean but, but uh, subtle and not subtle this exactly uh not subtle because they are stoking the flames of fear without outright saying like there aren't enough white people because if you say that out loud that gets people and thankfully at least we still have that where people go whoa okay now this has the stench of some sort of race race issue here. Don't get me wrong. There are plenty of people in this country who ear, whose ears would perk up at hearing that and say, oh, so there really is a white genocide. And I don't count that out for this administration um, putting that out there. However, um, that would draw a real line in the sand because they keep playing around with the whole like, oh, no, you know, I'm the least racist person you've ever seen. <laughs> But if they say that outright, they then they have to own it. They would have to own that it's about race and um, the whole white nationalist movement just absolutely loving this administration. Um, it would become 100% legitimized as opposed to just 99% legitimized as we know. Right. Um, and then, you know, they 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 would like you said they're hiding behind that whole like we're the least racist people you know uh -huh. and then they'll trot out their fucking lackeys uh -huh. like fucking Candace Owens Candace um, Owens <laughs> Candace Owens um the, the the cosmic joke of humanity um, uh, props to Senator uh, Ted Lieu <laughs> Ted Lieu for just flabbergasting her in front of congress uh this past week he literally was just like i don't i'm paraphrasing he was like i don't know where to start with you so he just played a clip of her from last december um <laughs> say, she's just like trying know. to rationalize that oh you know hitler was not a nationalist it's just like oh my god he was just trying to make germany great he was trying to make germany great again and you know what that's fine uh, but the thing is, I know that, that um, uh, uh, if you saw the whole clip, like uh -huh. she defended herself. She's like, what do you think? Black people are stupid, blah, 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 this and that. Like if you hold, if you listen to the whole thing and I've listened to a great deal of it and it's her who um, the the rest of the recording of that, that Ted Lieu didn't play is her doing what I can only describe as Batman-esque. <laughs> um, it, it, it's almost like watching, you know, uh, yeah, just Batman or like uh, just, just acrobatics. <laughs> trying to not only backpedal what she said uh -huh. uh, about rationalizing Hitler, uh, and defending, and uh, but she was also trying to defend nationalism. Mm -hmm. The whole thing comes off like a, um, it, it comes off like a mishmash of conflicting ideas, which are the stock and trade of the right. Mm -hmm. When they try to rationalize things like, you know, their 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 boy, uh, Don Donny Trump. Mm -hmm. 
basically saying that he's a nationalist. And people are just like, you know what? That's not such a bad thing. Uh-huh. And here's, let me explain to you why. And then they show you a, a chalkboard. But, you know, it, it's like when Glenn Beck used to, like, circle words. Yeah. And it just, it makes no... It, it, like, if you think about it, it's like, uh, what's his name? Lex Luthor's plan in Batman versus Superman. <laughs> it's just like, what? How? why... You know what? Fuck it. This doesn't make any sense. It only makes sense to you. Um, you know, because it's paradoxical. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, God. But but yeah, uh, the props to Ted Lou for um, for uh, demonstrating one of the most brutal anime uh, takedowns um, <laughs> of recent memory. Uh, uh, his face has become the inspiration of a thousand memes. Just, <laughs> he's just—he's so bored with this kind of boilerplate, um, right-wing like bullshit. He was just like, "This, this is what you said. You, you, the the woman right there, look looking at me, and and she, the best that she could do, which is really pathetic, was just be like, I'm offended that you were just.'" you know, take something that I said and play it out of context. It's just like, no, it's not out of context. It's what you said. Yeah, you said that. We all heart, like, take it out of context. You fucking said it. Like, there's no, there's no way about talking about Hitler and saying that he wasn't a nationalist that is out of context. You said that shit. See, when, uh, like... I knew she was going to take the defensive mode as soon as, like, he started, Ted Lu started playing that recording, and her face, like, dropped, like, her, it just dropped. Yes. Like, she was just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> um, I'm fucked now. Um, oh, wait, wait, wait. You know what? I'm not fucked. I'm mad. I'm going to be offended. It's yeah. It's like, yeah, no, that, that doesn't really work, especially when your own words, you're, I mean, he could have, uh, the only thing that would have made it better is if he got like the actual video because it was recorded on video and just played that on an IMAX screen in the middle of uh, <laughs> uh, of Congress. Well, Candace always is such a fucking joke. She's the one that said like slavery. We should just, you know, everybody should just put that in the past. Hey, past is past. Let's buy guns. Be fucking buy guns. Something, um, something happened to that woman because she used to be. Her father was right behind her in the, in that hearing. Did you see? I did not. Like her father was right behind her and. I, I, I want to be a fly on the wall to see what they're kind of, what they're, what they talk about, what their relationship is like. Well, what I was about to say is that something happened to that woman because she used to be, she used to be a leftist or, or leaning or left leaning. Um, but something happened to her back, I think two or three years ago. She got paid. Well, that, <laughs> that, that might be it as well. But, um, I think. Some, I think it had to do with Gamergate, and then she ended up getting doxxed. Um, Get out of here, really? Yeah, and then she somehow came to the belief that it was the left that had done it. And from that point, she became she became a conservative slash right wing talking head. That's bizarre. But something it's just, it's so bizarre because it's like from that incident, like something in her head just popped. Like, I, I don't know what the hell happened to her. I, don't, I mean, they one of the memes that I've uh, read I'm online. Fascinated now. One of the memes I've read online is, and it's kind of brutal, but it's kind of true. It's just like, you know, for black folk, 
when those checks start stop coming in, they go right wing real fast. And it's just like, you know what? We've seen it several times with different politicians or celebrities. I mean, I'm thinking <laughs> Stacy <laughs> Andrews. <laughs> oh, you Stacy, I'm sorry. Stacy Stacy Dash. Stacy Dash. Sorry. I was going to say Silk Diamond. <laughs> ah, there we go. Who, who Donald Trump frequently cites whenever he needs like the hey, you know, I got these black people and they like me too. Oh god. And he always cites them and I'm just like Silk and Diamond. Really? Oh. Really? Them? They are just trying their best to stay afloat they're they're just disgraceful you yeah. know and, and they're going to be they're going to be the first ones crying up and down left and right when they're faced with the very same racism that they're trying to tap dance for i mean all this all this stuff all the candace owens the silk and the diamonds right the stacy dashes i'm fascinated by their stories i wonder what because it's like no, like um, trying to figure out what makes a Sith a Sith, you know, like <laughs> nice. what ter- what turned them, what happened in the, where did it all go wrong, you know? Oh man, um, well you know that, that especially in terms of Candace Owens, like she would sell out her own people to in order to to come off as some kind of like Ann Coulter oh. type. Like and that's and that's where she's going. Like I wouldn't be surprised if she dropped a book uh, by the end of this year or by the beginning of the next year. I th- I think you totally hit it on the head. I mean, she's totally going to drop a book in order to become uh, the next darling of the right wing. Even though she doesn't see how easily um, black people are discarded by the wrong uh, by the right wing. Remember, uh, uh, Sheriff Clark. Oh yeah, I remember yeah. that guy. We haven't heard shit about him. No, we haven't in a long while. You know, he didn't even get tickets to the inauguration. Really? And he and he went in hard for Trump. Uh, no, I remember. I I remember. And he didn't even get invited. And we know that there were available tickets. <laughs> <laughs> We've seen the Shots pictures. Shots fired. Um, <laughs> bo, bo, bo. <laughs> Uh, Sheriff Clark, he he was busy washing his hair. And, oh, uh, no, he was at home washing his tights. <laughs> <laughs> the trailer park in wherever bumblefuck backwater podunk town that that'll have him. Oh, jeez, um, that guy. I hope he disappears. I hope he never resurfaces. Oh yeah. man. Um, you know who who I thought was like, um. Another, just like I, I, I feel like because the, the R word, ra- like racism, is just being trotted out in front mm-hmm. of the Trump administration a lot more lately. Um, he, um, he tries to bring out the people of color, and he tried to nominate Herman Cain. <laughs> um, oh my God! From Uzbeki, Becky, Becky Stan. Oh. Uh, he of uh, Shucky Ducky. Um, who uh, he tried to he tried, he tried to um, he tried to trot him out and make him uh, one of the uh, he tried he tried to nominate him for the Fed the Federal Reserve oh. uh, and um, yeah that that went down in flames I I don't think we'll be hearing from Herman Cain again Herman Cain 
Where they? Where did they dig him <laughs> no, out of? I, like uh, under a pile of Godfather's pizza. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! I imagine it's like Beetlejuice, where like they were digging, like remember when they're trying to dig him up in the in that toy grave, oh, sh- and the model grave where like it's just like cardboard. Yeah, I I think it's just like all pizza boxes and Godfather's pizza. Lord, man. <laughs> good lord! But uh, maybe uh, maybe we should switch gears here. Um, I don't know. Have we had enough punishment? <laughs> I think I think so. I think so. We know there'll be plenty of more punishment next week. Okay. Yeah. But, All right. Uh, uh, just to remind you folks, I'm Ernesto Mancibo. And I'm Pablo Morale Martinez. And together we are Robots, Robots versus, versus Taxes on Radio Free Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, can I lead in with the, with something that I thought was really interesting? Might not really fall into the robot side, but I thought it was pretty cool. Please do. Uh, they, f- they showed us that blurry photo of uh, what can what we think is a black hole. Oh, yeah. No, it's confirmed. It's it confirmed a black hole. Yeah. Dope. Um, <laughs> so um, I'm frightened, and I've, had, <laughs> I've been walking around with an existential crisis around since I saw the photo, which was like, Earlier yesterday. Why? Just because the black hole is 65 billion times the size of our sun? It's like as big as our solar system. Don't do this to me. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry. It's like super, super far away. It'll It'll never affect us. As a matter of fact, in order to photograph it, they had to coordinate essentially every powerful telescope on Earth to look at it at just the right time. And the amount of data recorded just to get these pictures and data uh, has resulted in like several several hundred petabytes of data. Like, it's insane. Really? Like one just to get a blurry photo. It's you know that shows you how far away it was and right. how how much they had to uh, resolve the image. But that's not far away enough for me. Is that weird that it bothers me that it's still not far away enough? Look, it's a whole other galaxy. So? That's like a neighbor. No, a neighbor would be the center of our own galaxy where they're saying there are supermassive black holes there. All right, I, I want you to stop talking. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but the amazing thing is, is that, like, as incredible as the image was, um, Hollywood kind of called it, like, several times. When? Uh, in Interstellar. Like okay. seeing a black hole in the middle of the sp- of space with a glowing accretion disk around it. Yes, that's um, right. Like, I mean, science has been uh, uh, theorizing about that for you know decades, and Hollywood has illustrated it you know several times over the years. And to see it in the actual photo, I was, it was just like, oh shit, they really nailed it. That's what it looks yeah. like. Save us, Matthew McConaughey. Save us. <laughs> I'm on my way, Murph. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. But I think I see a few lawbreakers. <laughs> in <here> way many <laughs> conflicting fucking... <laughs> conflicting McConaughey's. Interstellar Mike. <laughs> the McConaughey's. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so I thought that was cool. That was super cool. Um, that was super scary, cool. but cool. Yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm waiting for them to uh, photograph a Death Star though, heading our way. That would be nuts, you know. It's like that's no moon. 
Send your hate mail to Ernesto Mancibo. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> I think it was apropos considering the day today was. So. Yeah. But, uh, uh, before we get to that, yes. let's talk a little bit about two things. First, the Joker trailer, right? We oh. saw it. We loved it. I got to say, like, le- leading up to this trailer, like all the images and the little bit of video that they would drop of, like, the behind-the-scenes work on the movie – um, I was very, very skeptical about this movie. I mean, uh, Joaquin Phoenix is is a talented actor, but I wasn't quite sure if the artistic direction of this film was going to work. I felt like DC was just like, well, we got to throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. But the way this trailer came together, I was just like, oh my God, this is an art film. This is going to be an exploration into how we all struggle in society and how one guy like was broken like yeah. badly yeah you know it's i when i saw the video on youtube i saw the perfect comment underneath there it was just like you know 1980s let's throw the joker into a vat of chemicals it's like current day let's throw the joker into society <laughs> <laughs> and Jeez. that's what makes him crazy yeah jeez like, um, I can't wait for this film. It's it's really a uh, to me. I, I thought it was a really interesting reimagining because it, it's like uh, it takes place in the seventies, and the Joker become well the, the character of Arthur Fleck becomes a Joker while Bruce Wayne is a kid, mm. um, which makes me think: Are they going to try to tie it into that whole uh, Batman eighty nine mythos of? Um, oh. where um, it was actually Joker who killed uh, Thomas and Martha Wayne. That would be crazy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I would love if they somehow tied this into uh, another DC film. That would hey, be... Hey, kid. Yeah. <laughs> you ever dance with the devil from the pale moonlight? <laughs> See you around, kid. <laughs> Um, that would be <laughs> crazy. Yeah. That would be a piece of resistance. Yeah. Oh, man. The um, guy who made it is Todd Phillips, who made all three Hangover movies, which I'm just like, how? <laughs> <laughs> I guess he was just like, this is my sh- this is my chance, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know. So far, the everything points to an influence of this movie called King of New York. Uh, which I've told you about. Um, yeah. Which is a Martin Scorsese movie. So I'm hoping that it draws on the more positive aspects in terms of like cinematography and just like pacing and shooting style. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I'm excited. I'm I'm really like hyped up over what DC is is doing now. They're, so they're making good decisions. Uh, speaking of which. Yeah. Uh, we went to go see Shazam last weekend. Shazam! Shazam! And I got to say, the movie was a lot of fun. Like that, I, I've seen it twice now. Um, uh-huh. You know, once with you, once for work. Uh-huh. And uh, both, like, I, I... He's not a film critic, folks. It's just, it's something else. But. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 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 I actually can't wait to see it a third time, because I'm going to uh-huh. go see it with my wife. Nice. Uh and I just think it's so, it's just it's it gets better with repeat viewings. One of the mo- like the thing that people talk about when they talk about Shazam, right, is the when he when he becomes Shazam, 
and his buddy Freddie Freeman actually tries to test out all the superpowers. <laughs> now, it has led to one of the most entertaining sequences of like I haven't felt this great about a superhero movie since um well Infinity War had a different flavor. Yeah. Um it's just fun. It's like the first Iron Man kind of it carries that kind of like huh. really fun Maybe it's kind of a little bit also like the the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. Because mm. uh, mm. it has like a, a, a kind of... It's kind of cheesy. Good call. Yeah. Good call. Um, especially like when he, when they try to leave the... There, there's a scene where they try to leave the school. Uh, Billy Batson, mm-hmm. uh, the kid who has the Shazam powers. Yes. And Freddie Freeman, his little, his little buddy who... Um, who's differently abled. Uh, they try to leave the school and uh, they get stopped by a security guard. <laughs> and then he has the Billy has to Shazam himself really quickly <laughs> in order to fake like he's the adult. <laughs> I, I thought that whole, like that scene is so precious. Like it's so good. And uh, here's the thing. And, 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 you know, tell me if you felt this way, right? Um, so there's a cameo at the end of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, spoilers, it's Superman. Yes. From the head down. Yeah. <laughs> from, the, from the neck. From the neck down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, did, do you think, I felt like the second time I saw it, it felt odd. Because tonally, Shazam, Shazam doesn't belong in this fucking universe. Uh, like we're talking about like uh you know martha <laughs> you know you think you can touch my mother you know <laughs> oh shit that's superman <laughs> with like hey guys i'm a superhero get him batman i <laughs> <laughs> like it, like it, it it feels so weird initially um i can definitely agree with that however I feel that if uh, the DC universe has any hope of salvaging what they've established thus far, because I don't think they can just throw everything out, especially if they're looking to keep the properties of Wonder Woman and Aquaman going forward, which are inextricably tied um, to that previous universe, to the darkness of it. Um, I think it's going to be an interesting challenge to introduce a character like Shazam into that other world and i feel like they've made enough headway so far at least beginning to that both those types of characters and situations can exist in the same universe i mean sort of seeing we're all going to grow sort of grow into this um maturing universe through shazam right uh because eventually he's going to have to face some of the scary situations that the other superheroes have yeah, but like the other superheroes were morally and amb- like in terms of like Batman and the Superman, right? Mm-hmm. Morally ambiguous. True. Um, true. Especially in terms of Batman, it's like what the fuck. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, and it's it's we- it's odd to me that um, uh, you know, Billy Batson's friend Freddie has the Batarang. Mm-hmm. When it's like, oh, he has the weapon of a vicious killer that brands, uh, you know, uh, criminals only for them to get mutilated in jail. Well, it was a replica. Oh, 
that makes it so much better. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. No, the, 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 part, the part that got me is that he actually had bullets that were fired into at Superman and, yeah. and, and were crushed. And it's just like, um, I believe in, in any other universe, this is called evidence. Like, yeah, right. Like, this happened at a crime scene where people were trying to kill him. Yeah, you know, you know that's fucking a crushed BB. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it had like a little certificate of authentic- authenticity. Like, <laughs> so you know, so. I thought that was a really cute touch. Um, uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about how... All right, so... You mentioned that like it fits in the in the universe of Batman and Superman because like they have their own dark stories and and um, you know and you think that Shazam will also deal with that. He kind of did uh-huh. in the movie where um, he comes to grips with his his life as a foster child. Yeah, and how ultimately really depressing that yes, was. Yes, that was. And, that was really sad. Yeah, and I was like, "This is see, this, this is how I feel like um, how you approach darkness mm-hmm. appropriately in a movie like this, right? Mm-hmm. It's not all like uh, punching Zod through an entire city <laughs> and letting God sort out the the collateral damage, Jesus, aka human lives. <laughs> um, you know, it, it it's." about uh someone it's about an orphan coming to grips with a family uh that didn't want him Mm. and that's tough yes really tough unbelievably tough so that's 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 the way um i hope future movies will like future dc movies will approach it Uh, you know once they start carrying on with with more superhero stuff um of course, Shazam has become kind of like a success. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm really excited to see um, what they're going to do with it in the future. Although they didn't hint at Black Adam. Uh, they hinted at uh, a caterpillar that talks. Uh, yeah. That I, was weird. <laughs> it was weird. Apparently, that is a character that exists in the in the DC universe. Um, do you know? Do you, within you're the more, Shazam comics. Yeah, you're more... You're more She's schooled in but, the, the <laughs> Shavillans. Oh, sorry. Oh, my God. Oh, man. You can send your tweets to... You goddamn may right. You can send your tweets. Pablo Martinez <laughs> at Twitter. Um, the uh, I'm not as schooled in, in the comics. I just read some stuff that showed that that talking caterpillar was a recurring uh villain in within the shazam universe um apparently um a real bane to his to his in his existence as well so i don't know we'll see it'll i have a feeling that since the movie was over the top with the silliness and stuff that they couldn't go with like a super dark villain at the end it's just like now i'm gonna get shazam it's just like i'm a talking caterpillar and i'm gonna fuck shit up you know so um i feel like that's fitting within that universe as they build that up but um so you think the, the black go, but i I'm think sorry. i think the black adam thing um from what i've read i've only seen the movie once uh with you but from what i've read in some of the when the wizard uh was sort of explaining the uh the legend of shazam and those powers and he was sort of like uh conjuring those images in front of him and how a long time ago um there was like uh, somebody who misused that power I think there was some hint of that uh, 
referring to Black that's Adam. That's right, that's right. He's the one that sets free the seven deadly sins. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's what's going to uh, set up The Rock uh, coming in as Black yeah. Adam. So we'll see. It's going to be interesting seeing, like, <laughs> The Rock uh, up against uh, Zachary Levi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, even Buff... I'm like he can't fight. Yeah, the rock, like, oh, the rock would beat the fuck yeah. out of him. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I'm 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 excited. I, we'll see how it how it goes. You know? For real. Um, For real. Without spoiling too much, because you know it, it, Shazam is not alone. Uh, that's right. And that's we'll we'll leave it at that. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you were bringing up the fact that like uh, you know the the wizard was telling Shazam about a you know, what happened a long time ago in a galaxy far, <laughs> far away. And that's my segue into talking about Star Wars Episode Nine. Oh, my God. We saw it. It was so good. The teaser dropped today. First of all, I mean, before just leading really quick, quickly up to it, I, I saw the the panel that was uh, at, Ce- at Star Wars Celebration today that was introducing the trailer and they spoke to a lot of the uh, the cast beforehand and there were some really great moments they were talking to billy d williams who plays lando calrissian yes and uh <laughs> the moderator stephen colbert he uh he asked him he was just like what was it like uh finding lando again after all these years like was it strange was it this then the other and billy d was just like finding him like lando never left me and that was such a cool moment. I was just like, that's right. These guys are the same person, actually. Yeah. Like, You know what would have been even cooler? If he said, Lando never left me, just like the crisp taste of <laughs> Colt 45. Colt 45. <laughs> Bust out a 40 on stage. People would have just lost their minds. Oh, my God. And uh, the actress who plays Rose. Um, Yay! You know her name? Um... Uh, fucking Marie Tran. I think you're right, Marie yeah. Tran. Uh, she was part of the cast when they brought brought them uh, brought them out. And when Stephen Colbert, he was going actor by actor, uh, asking them questions. And when he got to her, everybody in the audience as well as the cast started cheering so loudly and for a long time. And I got to say, it was emotional. I mean. For those of you who follow uh, fandom and Star Wars, you know that um, she got a lot of crap online, especially on Instagram, from the negative fanboys. Kelly Marie Tran does such a wonderful job with that character and with that performance that I, I, like, I can't wait to see her in this new film. Same man. here. Same here. I love her. Yeah. And I really hope that they make her a Jedi. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. That snap. Would be, that, that would be, be amazing. Amazing. And she, I mean, she started tearing up on stage and I got teary eyed watching it like as well. Like it was so uh, well deserved. Yeah. And then um, at the end of the panel, uh, they showed us the trailer and oh my, just from the opening shot of the trailer where we see Ray. Ray in the fucking desert just breathing you know and i instantly thought back to the previous trailer for um the last jedi and thinking of luke saying breathe just breathe and you see something coming out of the sky toward her and it's a um 
It's a Sith Interceptor. Not only any Sith Interceptor, it's Kylo Ren's Sith Interceptor. Coming at her full speed, ball to the wall. Yeah. And she ignites her lightsaber, which seems to be... Luke Skywalker's lightsaber. Reconstituted somehow. Is it, But I'm, I'm also wondering about that. Is it Luke Skywalker's, or did she build one? And that also gets me all tingly, because I'm just like, she built one, that means she's a real Jedi, you know? It, But it, it looks exactly the same, but I don't know. Maybe she... Maybe she built one by putting it back together i don't know so maybe it's an homage it could be an homage <laughs> an homage and as the sith interceptor is coming barreling toward her full speed um she ignites her lightsaber and she starts running away from it but obviously she's not gonna uh, outrun a spaceship no so <laughs> <laughs> it's coming at her like fucking what mach 5 <laughs> And it's getting closer and closer. And as it gets like right up on her, she does a dope ass Jedi jump in the air. And like it's the beginning of like a dope fucking movie. It's just like, she's been reading the books. (laughs) The sacred Jedi texts. They must be page turners. Yes, they are page turners. (laughs) I know because Luke Skywalker read every single one of them. Well, he was going to. Yeah, was, right. <laughs> and uh, on his to-do list after you know sucking down on some teats. Yeah, you know some green milk. Some green you know, milk from the teats of a uh, what have you of a, <laughs> of a beach uh, moo cow yeah. alien thing. Yeah. You know, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a weird scene. And it that, was. We're treated to all these cross sections of all the different characters within the movie, especially Lando back in the Millennium that Falcon. That was fucking cool. Oh. There's so many cool moments that I'm just like, oh, right, that's right, there's Lando right there. Uh-huh. And then fucking, and then, you know, the fact that Luke Skywalker narrates the whole thing, it's it's interesting. You, 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 put th- forward, you put forward an interesting theory before we started recording. Yeah. I, my theory is that Luke Skywalker actually comes back. Mm. Um, that the Force brings him back for some unknown reason. Skywalker the White. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> er, because he's already white. Well, yeah. Yeah, he's true. even yeah, white. <laughs> but, uh... The man lacks melanin is what we're saying. <laughs> he's melanin deficient. Yes. Uh, he may be rich in the forest, but not <laughs> nah, not melanin. Not melanin. Um, but uh, <laughs> wow, man. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I I hope that's the case. I mean, he he's uh, definitely in the film somehow, either either as a force ghost. But if he actually comes back, that would raise the stakes, especially considering how the trailer ended. Yeah, because uh, we see Ray. And some of her other friends uh, on some sort of coast looking off into the distance. And it seems like we see a giant chunk of a destroyed Death Star yeah. off in the distance. And you can hear Luke's voice saying, no one's ever really gone. And then the screen goes black and we hear laughter. Not just any laughter. Palpatine's laughter. Yes. That's right. Good old Sheev is back. <laughs> And chills. I got absolute 
chills when yeah. that happened. I just, I really, I couldn't even. My brain took half a second to actually register. Like, I'm actually hearing this. I'm not imagining it. I'm not high or anything like that. Uh, I, I, man, I don't, I don't even know where to start. I'm wondering what, what happens to bring, what happens in order to bring uh, Palpatine out of the woodwork. Either his Force Ghost. I'm thinking like one of the Knights of Ren actually follows Kylo's path too closely mm-hmm. and supersedes the the worship of Darth Vader and goes straight to Palpatine. Interesting. And then it's Kylo Ren and Rey versus the Knights of Ren possessed by what I can only assume is the ghost of Palpatine. That would be sick. It'd be fucking nuts. That would be nuts. Uh, but if, if there was any doubt as to whose laughter that was, um, I was watching, like I said before, the uh, the panel at Star Wars Celebration uh, online as during the live stream. And right after the trailer aired, um, it went back to the panel and alone on stage was uh, Ian McDermott. That's yeah, Ian McDermott, yeah. the original um, actor who played uh palpatine yeah and he's there and the crowd is going nuts because he's just alone on stage and he raises the mic to his mouth after they calm down a little bit and he says as darth sidious um roll it again oh my god dude you do that so good You do that so crazy, ew! I'm, it's it's like oh man, it's it fills me with dread, dude. I, <laughs> good, and, to, yeah. good to know. Um, <laughs> I lost my shit. I was and they and they played the trailer again because that's what everybody wanted, and it it's so wild. I mean, Star Wars needed this trailer to to put its foot down, especially after the controversy and the sort of the splitting of the fandom with the Last Jedi. Yeah. Um, we needed something to rally around, and I think this was as good of a first step as anybody could ask for. I mean, I think it's safe to say that the entire fandom is excited about this. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, we want to talk more, but listeners, we have to leave you. We only have an hour. They only give us this much on air. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so we give you a little taste. <laughs> um so again, uh, follow us on all social, well, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Robots Versus Taxes, uh, and uh, yeah, um, keep listening to our shows and download our classic episodes <laughs> on iTunes um, and ooh, Podomatic and Podomatic, um, and uh, yeah, stay tuned for Democracy Now coming up right after this. And uh, from both of us here, I'm Pablo Morale Martinez, and I'm Ernesto Mancibo, and together we are. Robots, Robots versus, versus taxes. taxes on Radio Free Brooklyn. Yeah, while you're out there, you could try keeping it real. But you should try keeping it right. Song of the week. This is my first love song right now. No, I love you. I love you, bitch. Yeah. Yo, what's the deal, ma? Mr. Thanksgiving is back. Shit is real. You can tell how I act. I'm really feeling you. 
Fuck them other bitches, shorty, you the one. Real talk, you should carry my son. You want a baby? Let's take a walk and reflect on things. You my wife, fuck shopping for rings. Already did that. Once in a while, I'ma cheat and get done. But best believe that I'ma always come home. Shorty, I love She you. was the color of an egg bagel. You know that Simpson complexion. Her smile caused an instant erection. I used to fuck her on the coffee table. Bust on her stomach, send her home with a frosty navel. She loves that. My thug raps got her open too. Heineken brew. We used to sip it 22 times forward and go raw. Neighbors knocking on the door, complaining about the noise. Then she go down with no gown. I hit it with boys. I'm a man. She was dealing with boys. Respect my dick game, biting on the back of her neck. She had a thick frame, Cuban with the bubonic plague. I had a sick chain. Used to wear that shit when I hit it. When I hit it, just that with some socks in the fitted. At first she tried to front with the cunt. I thought I couldn't get it. And then she bent down and exposed how it was slitted. What a good girl. Yo, what's the deal, ma? Mr. Thanksgiving is back. Shit is real, you can tell how I act. I'm really feeling you. Fuck them other bitches, shorty, you the one. Real talk, you should carry my son. You want a baby? Let's take a walk and reflect on things. You my wife, fuck shopping for rings. Already did that. Once in a while, I'ma cheat and get done. But best believe that I'ma always come home. Shorty, I love you. Time pass, you still the same. Love it that you never change. It's like your heart is now biodegradable. We went through lots of shit, but on the real, we made it through. That's why I wrote these flowers to serenade for you, for you. And ain't nobody perfect in this world. I talk to other bitches, but it's never curtains for my girl. Her spots are litified by choice. I don't feel tired. I said I'm never wife and nothing up will I lie. Fuck it, I lie. When I'm shining, she don't sweat that. It's never switched it up. Had times when I was set back. Most women disappear when the paper does. That's why niggas try to shine. We money hungry thugs. Back to my shorty, my chick kept it a hundred. Held me down when I was fucked up, even if I didn't want it. And that's the reason why I'm here forever. My baby girl, I love you like I love my polo leather. You know how I love that butter sauce. I love that jacket. Straight up, man. Let's somebody fuck with my butter sauce. Let a nigga fuck with my leather. That's how I feel about you. Cracking niggas that open on the fucking sidewalk, man. Straight up and down. Don't fuck with my leather and don't fuck with my baby. That's how we get down. Outdoors and shit. Straight up, man. We do love records too, man. We love bitches. Bitches love us. It's a motherfucking love affair, but it's no affair. It's just me and you. Word, word. And them other bitches. All them bitches. But it's really just me and you, because it's who you come home to. That's, that's Fuck real. them other bitches. That's real. Yo, what's the deal, ma? Mr. Thanksgiving is back. Shit is real. You can tell how I act. I'm really feeling you. Fuck them other bitches. Shorty, you the one. Real talk. You should carry my son. You want a baby? Let's take a walk and reflect on things. You my wife. Fuck shopping for rings. Already did that. Once in a while, I'ma cheat and get done, but best believe that I'ma always come home. Shorty, I love you.